1: You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now,
0: onto the show. You're listening to the award winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross.
2: And welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 239, and I'm your host, Anne Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Joining me on today's show is Jason McDonald. Jason teaches business owners the art and science of getting anything to the top of the search engines. Now He's the director of JM Internet Group. This brilliant SEO and digital marketing expert is author to the popular Amazon best-selling digital marketing book, SEO Fitness Workbook, Social Media Marketing Workbook, and AdsWords, workbook. Now on today's show, Jason is going to share social media marketing aspects from Facebook to Twitter, Instagram to LinkedIn, plus also some tips and insights into content marketing and strategy, all very important. He's also going to talk about AdWords advertising and marketing for small business owners, concepts and to-dos. Lots, lots to cover in today's show. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
2: I think this is a topic that many ambitious entrepreneurs struggle with. So it's great to be able to tap in uh, to your expertise. And I know that we could probably talk about this all day and only then cover uh, some of the really important aspects because there's so much to it. So I'd love for you to give us an overview of some of the things in those aspects that we mentioned in the introduction, uh, things that maybe you're seeing uh, business owners not doing, maybe they're doing things from what used to work and therefore, you know, we need to be mindful that this is no longer going to work, and in some instances, I know it can jeopardize us as well as some of the things that you see working really well. So let's dive in. Social okay. media marketing. What do we need to know about this?
1: Okay, so social media. I, I'm a very much a, a, a conceptual thinker. I, yeah. I, I think people need a framework. You know, I, I go into a business, it's like, what are you doing? Ch-ch-ch-ch. I'm tweeting, who are you tweeting to? Anyone, what are you tweeting? Anything, you know, what's your strategy? I have no idea, right? Yeah. So you run into these people who have no strategy, have no vision, have no framework of what Mm. they want to accomplish. And I I think that's the first mistake that's very common. Mm. Uh, So in my book, I have a very simple framework. I say social media marketing is like a party. It's a party, Mm. not a prison. Mm. And that's a really good framework to help people think about it. So if you're going to have a party, for instance, you're going to need food and entertainment. You're not going to have a party and have no food and no entertainment and then go, gosh, my party was a complete disaster. (laughs) You know, I I didn't even offer them a a drink when they walked in the door. Right. Social media need content and you need a lot of content to make it work. And you need to be systematic about the content. You can't have a party. And, and run out of drinks at 9.30. That doesn't work, right? Yeah. The same. You can't be on Twitter. You can't be on Facebook and then just go, oops, I'm out of content. I have nothing mm. to say, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That, and the framework helps you beyond that, right? You can't serve crappy food and cheap drinks, no. right? No. So you have to have content that people want, that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. And guess what? If they don't like it, they you leave. You
2: to move on. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's a party, not a prison. So I find... That having a framework is the first step that people need to understand social media marketing in general, as opposed to the most common way that people do it, which is just to plunge in and just sort of
2: share anything and everything,
1: consciousness garbage onto their Facebook, their Twitter, their LinkedIn, their Instagram, and then go, "Gosh, this doesn't work. No one wants to follow me. No one wants Mm -hmm. to engage with my brand, Mm -hmm. and I'm just producing junk."
2: Yeah, so that that would be my first. great great strategy there. Have a framework, have a framework. I think as business owners we realize that we have to have strategy uh, to be able to build our business and as we uh, have just learned we need a strategy for this as well. So you said you need to have in the concept of a party, food, enough food for all of your guests. So if we look at that uh, in, in the context of content I know business owners are really busy and we could probably hire someone full time uh, if we get to that stage to be able to create content. But if someone is still working as a solopreneur, so they've got limited resources, what advice would you give them in order to create enough content that is going to consistently get that brand message out there so that you can continue to build engagement and provide value to your audience?
1: Sure. The easiest, uh, most accessible type of content is other people's content. And mm-hmm. here's another framework. Think of yourself as a helpful expert. So I'm a helpful expert on search engine optimization, on AdWords, on social media, but I'm not a helpful expert on web design. I'm not a helpful expert on um, you know, branding in the abstract. Mm-hmm. So I focus on certain core areas. And then there are, are tools, such as the wonderful tool Feedly, feedly.com, uh, which is a news aggregator. So you can aggregate information that you know better, you know, than your audience yes. would, because you're, you know, if you're a florist, you're a helpful expert in, in how to arrange flowers. If you're a DJ, you're a helpful expert in how to do music at a wedding or a bar mitzvah, right? You know something that other people don't know very mm-hmm. well, and they look to you as that expert. So the easiest, most accessible content is to what's called content curation, is the yeah. fancy word. Mm-hmm. So you curate other people's content, You use it to like feedly. You can use Google News. Most people don't realize Google News can be customized, so you can customize Google News to pull content by your keyword themes, and then you basically go through and you look at 10 pieces of content that are not very good, and then one piece of content that is very good, and you're curating that content for your audience. Now, that's not the best content, but it's the most accessible and fastest, and it's it's usually part of your strategy is Mm. what I call other people's content, and Feedly is a good tool. Google News is a good tool, those are free tools. Uh, Buzzsumo is a great tool, but it's a paid tool.
2: Yeah, fantastic. So you've got a concept there then as part of that framework, create your own content, but as you're developing that, uh, use other people's content content as well. So are there any other frameworks that you share within uh, the the aspect of social media marketing that you know is gonna be helpful?
1: Yeah, so let's just stick with content. So you have other people's content, Mm -hmm. right? That's that's a type of So Back to food, right? You have other people's food, right? You go to Whole Foods and you purchase, you know, their cake, their cookies, their tacos. Mm -hmm. Right. What's good about that? It's quick and fast. What's bad about it? You know, someone says, yum, yum, yum. I love these tacos. They're not my tacos. They're Whole Foods tacos. So you're kind of helping their brand. Mm -hmm. I mean, I chose ones that were really good but I didn't make them myself, right? That's other people's content. Mm -hmm. Then you have your own content. You know, what's the advantage? They're your own. You make them yourself. So that's where you make your own blog post. You make your own photograph. You make your own video. Mm -hmm. The advantage is it's all about you, and you can tilt it and and make it support your brand. And when someone says, wow, that was an awesome YouTube video, it's your video that's being promoted. Now, more difficult, right, than other people's content, but more supporting your brand. The third kind of content is UGC, user generated content. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if you go to the REI, REI is a big uh, retailer of uh, sports equipment. Mm-hmm. So, if you go look at REI's website and you hop over to their Instagram, they have a hashtag called hashtag OptOutside. And they were very clever in creating a hashtag for users. To go and share photos on Instagram, you know, look at me. I'm out camping in the Sierra Nevada while you are stuck back in your cubicle typing away, right? So people love to show, look how much fun I'm having, you know, out in nature, out hiking, having fun. There's a little bit of a narcissistic bent to it. Like, look at me, Mm -hmm. show offy versus sucks for you, right? (laughs) working um i was just at disneyland <laughs> disneyland's got that in space so that's another kind of content yes. that this solopreneur if they have a business where there even are a few passionate fans who mm. can encourage them to create ugc there's got to be something in it for them yes. but that's a third so there's three kinds of content all three it. are should be part of your strategy
2: yeah and with the hashtag that you would then use and encourage your your followers, your community to use, needs to be on brand that's very specific to your business um, so that anybody who is, that's what I'm asking, so is that the better strategy so that anyone who uses it, anyone who follows that can also see that that's uh, associated with your brand rather than a hashtag that anyone and everyone's using. Is that a better st- why do it yeah, ahead? so
1: I wouldn't say it's either or, I would say it's both. So you're hitting on the two one two of the there's three types of hashtags, right? There's my own brand hashtag, there's a hashtag, hashtag organic food, or hashtag yeah. carbon offsets, or whatever. Uh, and then there's what my teenage daughters do, which is just, you know, hashtag epic fail. So yeah. it's like, hey, how you doing the bio test? Hashtag epic, epic fail. Yeah, yeah. That's a weird use of hashtag to name emphasis, right? Yeah. For marketers, we don't care so much about that one. But you're talking about the two. So a branded hashtag is definitely the best. Mm. It kind of requires a community of followers who are motivated enough to participate in the brand. Yeah. But there are other hashtags as well, and on Instagram, there are even geo hashtags. So you can use a geotag, geotag Palo Alto. So that's people who are in Palo Alto looking for things to do. So Mm. again, back that back to our party analogy, right? This is the promotion strategy. Yes. So you wouldn't have a party and have no invitations mm. and then say, gosh, no one showed up at my party. I guess parties just really stink. I think I'll quit. Right. Yeah. You, you wouldn't do that. But people will create a Facebook page and never invite anyone to the page and just think, oh, it really sucks. It just doesn't work. Well, you didn't invite anybody. Right. So you have to have a promotion strategy
0: mm-hmm.
1: to make it work. Yeah. So you have to have a promotion strategy. So, hashtags are one type of promotion strategy
2: yeah and uh, that really gives the content that you're creating um, additional opportunities to be found particularly if people are searching for hashtags and I'm sure you see many uh, businesses spending a lot of time investing a lot of time and energy creating this great content but they're not adding hashtags and even articles we're going to talk about AdWords and uh, you know you're an expert in that too It's never found, and that's because the strategy you use in order to get your people to your party, you're missing that incredible. You're missing the invitations. I love the
1: party analogy; it really helps people think about it because then it's like it's clear what went wrong. You know, I had great food, I had great entertainment, I had beautiful, you know, clothing on. It was all ready, but oops, I forgot to invite anyone. (laughs) No, no one showed up. You can't blame the food and entertainment; you didn't invite anybody. and you can build fantastic content. But if there's no promotion strategy, you know, it won't work. You need a promotion strategy. The the flip side's true, too. You can have all this promotion, but if the content is boring, that won't work either, right? I mean, you know. It's like uh,
2: inviting a DJ to the party and he's playing crap music and everyone is just standing, we're not getting up and dancing to that. So you've got to make sure everything, food, totally. DJ, the whole lot.
1: And know your audience, right? Yeah. There's different kinds of parties. You know, a bar yeah. mitzvah is different than a wedding and a, yeah. a formal wedding is different than a backyard wedding. And a Cinco de Mayo party is different than a, you know, than a 4th of July party. Yes. So you've got to know your audience and know the type of party. And, and you've got to kind of think about this very mm. systematically. Uh, another thing, In marie that I think is really interesting is what I call the party illusion. Mm. So, and this is interesting in terms of how we perceive reality. As a marketer, I'm very interested in perception. I'm working on a new book on marketing, and I have a whole chapter on persuasion and perception yes. and the kind of weird wrinkles in perception. Well, in parties, right? There's what I call the party illusion. So mm. if you go to a wedding, right, a really good wedding, right, the royal wedding, right, it's just beautiful, it's seamless, and they have the dress and the this and the coach, and they come up and the prince charming and the princess, and it's just, in the preacher, and everything's just so fantastic, right? Mm. But that's an illusion, right? There was a ton of work yes. to making everything happen behind the scenes, and it only looks effortless. Yes but that's an illusion mm. it's not real that it's effortless it just looks effortless yes. and social media has this same problem right people look at you know the social media marketing of whole foods or rei or some of these really big brands and they go oh it, they just it, it's so easy and it's not but so you have to can't fall into that trap of of thinking it's effortless and, and you really suck because yours isn't working mm. when It's not effortless. It just looks that way. And so that's the hard work that you have to do behind the scenes. So I I think that's another part of the party analogy, which is very helpful. And and empowering, too. Then you realize, well, where did I go wrong? What am I doing wrong Mm -hmm. And how I'm doing it? And you start to debug what are your problems.
2: Yes. I think uh, at that perception is just an illusion. is just such a key principle because you may very well, if you look at those and, and I'll, I'll ask, are there any other things within that that people need to be aware of? Because definitely content is very important. You have to know who your ideal client is, who, what sort of party you're putting on, make sure the content, everything relates to them. Then how are you going to get them there? What invitations do you have? And then realising that it is going to take time to build momentum Um, that easy you know perception there's been a lot of hard work that has gone into that strategy so that they build momentum and you really start to be looked at as someone who's providing quality content value for your audience are there any other things that you see often business owners doing or not doing that has them give up just before they're about to reach that you know that area that you know people are really going to start to take notice of what they're doing and saying
1: yeah absolutely a big one is the heckler the, the, the obnoxious person, right? So again, if, if you have a big party, like I'm here in Silicon Valley, I've gone to a lot of corporate events. Mm. Uh, you always, especially now, you know, you have to have security at a party. You have to be ready for the person who is a little too drunk, who has bad manners, who, who's just going to try to hog the mic, and, and you just have to be ready. And of course, there's a range of people. There's people who are just you know, we've all been in a question and answer sessions where there's that person that just won't shut up when they ask a question, which mm-hmm. is kind of innocuous but annoying. And then there's terrorism. I mean, there's serious security. I mean, the royal wedding, right? They had a lot of security. Again, back to the illusion, you didn't see the security, but you know that there was a lot of security uh, at that wedding. So on social media, right, you've got to be ready. And this is a mistake that people make. They go on Twitter, they go on Facebook, they go on Instagram, and they encounter that heckler Mm -hmm. and then they just melt away because they're like oh my goodness if somebody doesn't like my brand or they hate me or they they wrote this nasty response to my tweet and you have to be ready for that and you have to be able to manage it and you have to have realistic expectations right Mm -hmm. twitter is much um, nastier rougher and tumbler Mm -hmm. than say facebook or instagram so they vary on culture uh so you've got to be ready for hecklers and you've got to be Ah, uh, prepared to deal with them. And that's another uh, issue that I think businesses need to to prethink, yes. to be ready.
2: Yes. Um, if we're looking at the analogy of the party and and I think Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook, as you say, they're they're different uh, platforms. Now, you may have um, ideal clients and, and your audience, partygoers, if you will, across those different platforms, but what I often see people doing, businesses, is they're sharing the exact same content on each of those platforms and your audience gets to the stage, oh, that food again, we had the same over there. So are there any strategies as far as... The, the, the need to tweak and really ensure that the content you're sharing is right for those platforms.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I think of that one, different analogy for you. I think of that one is like blood types. So right. different blood types can give to different people. So like I'm, I'm an AB positive. I'm the universal acceptor. I can accept blood type from anyone and then the O would be the universal donor, right? Yeah. So the way that analogy will help you think about it is is Twitter because it's so fast. And it's so rough and tumble and it's so crazy. You can post anything on Twitter and it really, and also because of the speed, it won't really hurt you. Mm. But LinkedIn is like the other extreme. LinkedIn is the most kind of conservative in terms of what content is allowable. It's the most prim and proper. It's the most B2B. It's the most well best behavior. So you can post some crazy picture of you with the lampshade on your head type of mm-hmm. photo On Twitter, and it's okay, it probably won't hurt your brand, and five minutes from now, people won't even remember it. Mm. You cannot take that post and put it on LinkedIn. Yes. But the reverse is more true. You can post something on LinkedIn that's very serious and then put it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. People might just be like, it's kind of boring. So the one thing to think about is what's compatible with what, and the two extremes are LinkedIn and Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the other, other area to think about is obviously different media have different dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. YouTube is video, and the dynamic of video is very different than the dynamic of, say, uh, posting something to LinkedIn's Pulse, mm-hmm. which is its blog platform. So video on YouTube, has you've got to have some idea of how to create good video and make that work, and video as a medium, so the visuals work better. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Instagram, you've got to have good photography. You can't do Instagram without some concept. Of the of the of the photo, yes. so I think that's a, an area where uh, there is differences. And then there's what I call the the F's friends, family, friends, family fun photos and fake, mm-hmm. and that's Facebook and Instagram. Those are the most positive. Like look at us, we're at Disneyland having mm-hmm. fun. People don't share kind of Debbie Downer concept mm-hmm. this content on those media. So yeah. that would get to your strategy. So yeah. something more serious and more maybe like you know global warming is going to kill us all. That's more Twitter and LinkedIn and blogging, Mm -hmm. and it's not something you post on Facebook.
2: Yeah, love that. But
1: you do have to think about the the content medium and the way the platforms work and be um, systematic. Yeah, I I
2: love the way that you've said, uh, you know, be mindful about what you are sharing. And in Twitter, absolutely, the feed just goes so quick. If you're following a lot of people, it can almost... You know, kind of spin your your mind, trying to keep up with everything. Uh, although having said that, there are some things that you just do not post on Twitter. I mean, just here in Australia, we I won't say who who this person was. She tweeted something. Someone saw that, even though she deleted it pretty quickly. But her whole career now is really um, kind of being put on hold. And so you need to be very right. mindful about what you share. That's shared.
1: important too for all your yeah. social media. Is yeah. uh, you know, I always say social media again. It's it's public. So it is kind of like having a public party Mm -hmm. and and hopefully you're on your, not your best behavior, but you're on good behavior and you educate your team to be Mm -hmm. uh, cognizant of of what's okay and what's not okay and have some kind of filter, especially if you're a big brand, have some kind of filter and some sort of strategy for what's. And I think this is where, interesting enough, I think it would be interesting as the millennials kind of grow up and take over Mm -hmm. because I think they're the most no filter generation out there. And it's very different if it's your own personal Instagram or your own yes. personal Twitter versus managing a brand. Mm. And they tend to have a little bit more of a no filter policy yes. in, in mindset um, that may not work so well mm. uh, in marketing. So you, you want to be systematic in, in what you're doing. Yes. And those that's an issue to think about, too, especially if you have. You know, we all know they're around the loose cannon sort of person. Yeah, and, they you know, may be doesn't... best
2: to uh, have a really clear strategy on what's Yeah, the kind <laughs> of,
1: you know, Roseanne Barr that's just kind of like doesn't have a good filter and it maybe is. we should have thought about some things before yeah. we
2: yeah well that That, was the person that i was speaking thinking about i thought boy it's one of those things that i'm sure she sent out and then just at that moment thought oh maybe i shouldn't have uh i'm not sure i think that maybe not
1: i think yeah i'm not sure she thought i I think the more important issue in her case is a a big brand a multi-million dollar tv show my goodness Mm -hmm. does no one think about Betting and having no, some true. you know but our president has the sort of the same issue right he mm-hmm. tweets stuff that people are like wow right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> his Damn, job wow. is more secure than that. her job at least for now yeah. uh, but for those of us mere mortals I think it's just you know you do you have an upside downside to what mm-hmm. you know and, and think about what's appropriate what's not appropriate and I think more common is just this issue of, you know, Facebook is sort of upbeat. Instagram is sort mm-hmm. of upbeat. So don't post the Debbie Downer content. It's not that people will hate you. It's just they won't engage
2: Yeah, so I love that. Very important. Appropriate,
1: appropriate content, but yes. not boring. But mm. there is – appropriate content that you've got to think about
2: yeah absolutely so let's talk about uh, adwords advertising i know a lot of the strategies that and and tactics and tips that you shared uh, we can do and and uh, not necessarily have to invest but there are definitely great ways to be able to when you've got the right system when you know you've got a really successful party that you put on and anyone and everyone the people that you invite i should say love are attending well then you can increase that can't you you can increase the invites by using AdWords advertising share a little bit more about that please
1: yeah so in terms of the kind of the bucket of advertising I would make a big distinction between what I call the share path and the search path mm-hmm. so the search path that's where AdWords is the strongest and that's what we think of when we think of Google AdWords that's you know I'm looking for something, you know, I'm looking for hiking gear and I want to shop for it. I want to discover it. So I go to Google and I type in hiking gear. The ads that work there are what are called intent driven or search driven. And then the ad goes to an e-commerce website and off you go. The share path is a different path. That's where I'm... uh, Maybe I'm at my cubicle in San Jose and I'm working away and the weekend's coming and the weather's gonna be good and I, you know, sneak off so to speak and check my Facebook and some friend of mine shares their photo having fun, you know, hiking in Yosemite, and I see that and I think that's interesting and that looks fun. Where did you get the gear? Yeah. So there's two kinds of advertising. There's advertising on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, even on Twitter, that's more share path it's like you said it's accelerating it's increasing mm. your shares by paying for advertising on those platforms yeah. and then AdWords is strongest in this intent or search driven mm. path now they you can cross them a blog post is a good example you can use AdWords to promote a blog post that's also used for social media mm. so they're, di- they're 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 you can combine them but they have different um, aspects yes them
2: and do you find people because again similarly to what uh, we were talking about in the previous conversation around social media marketing there are things that people are not doing or doing incorrectly that's not generating the best results when you talk about social media marketing what are some of the uh, things that you see people doing businesses doing when it comes to AdWords that's not leveraging it the best uh, as possible so therefore not generating results because I hear a lot of people who invest in various advertising and uh, like even Facebook advertising it doesn't work. Whereas in actual fact, it does, but you need to have some key things in place. I'm sure you see that sure. A lot too. Sure. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I have a book on AdWords and I wrote that. It's one of my first books I really wrote. Uh, it's my only book I had vetted by an attorney because it's very critical of Google. Yeah. Um, the thing about AdWords, right, among the problems in AdWords, is what are called the keyword match types. Mm-hmm. It's a little technical. But once you kind of understand there's such a thing as the match type, mm-hmm. uh, Google, unfortunately, has kind of rigged the system against us. Mm-hmm. So if you just follow their instructions and you don't put a plus sign, a bracket or a quote in front of your keywords, they will sort of run away with your ad and your ad will suddenly be running on non-relevant information. So kind of despite what Google says in its sort of brand identity, that's all, you um, connected and controlled and you're in charge it's not exactly true so I would say the number one mistake that people make on Google AdWords and like you said people say Mm -hmm. I did it and I wasted all this money and I hate them and you know whatever it's mainly because they did not understand their keywords and they did not put the match types in correctly and that's an enormous what I call a gotcha on Google, where you can just burn yeah. through money Yeah. Uh, without. So that, that magical word is Google match types and really understanding what those match types mean. And, and if someone
2: doesn't understand the term that you have just shared, you need to familiarize and educate. You. I think it was an example that I was given once was, say, for instance, you are a lawnmower. Um, you know, and you, you you're, uh, and I can't even think of the name of what you would have, but you mow lawns, and you're in a certain area, and so you might put lawn mowing in, in, in as part of your keyword, but then you haven't done some of those keyword matching, as you, you say, so it shows the the ad to everybody, not just your local area, and it even shows up lawn mowers, you know, so like the equipment. So there's certain things, as exactly. you say, so that you are found as the lawn mowing expert or or, you know quality service in your local area and there's things that you can do to ensure that you show up just for those so that's the first
1: really important gotcha that people want Mm -hmm. you know in, in ironically right once you know match types are a problem if you google match types You'll see videos and and blog posts and even official Google help files, which will explain them. You kind of have to know the magic word Mm. to Google to learn what those those do. So that's the match type uh, problem. The other interrelated problem is what's called the Google Display Network. Mm. That's Google placing your ad on blogs and YouTube and Gmail, et cetera. It's not that it's not useful, Mm. but it has a lot of problems in it and And, again, Google, kind of like a good salesperson, they tend to default you into the Google Display Network. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I would recommend for your average solopreneur, your average small business person, is to opt out of the Google Display Network Mm -hmm. uh, until you get your sea legs and you really know what you're doing. It is a bit against them. So those are some um, common what I call gotchas in AdWords that – people don't understand
2: yeah absolutely love that so um, we're just about uh, to, to the end of the show covered so many incredible insights which people really need to be familiar with so that they can ensure any content that they're sharing any investment in AdWords that they are investing is generating the best results when it comes to marketing for small business owners what would be one Uh, insight that you would want to leave with viewers and and listeners today to ensure that they're really connecting with the right audience, uh, engaging and creating real value, or offering real value, which as we know, continues to really build that audience of people who are our ideal clients. What would be one thing that you'd like love to leave with people today?
1: I would leave people with this idea, this concept of the super fan. I think we're really entering a new phase in social media, in which you as a business need to work with your super fan, mm-hmm. and a super fan is that person that is so engaged with your business. They love your business. They will write your review on Yelp. They will take a selfie with Instagram. There are there are certain core audience to mm-hmm. your business that passionately loves your brand, and I think many businesses just don't cultivate that relationship. So influencer marketing, which is true. And influencer marketing is great, but super fan marketing, working with that core audience, who are those people Mm -hmm. that really love your brand and will work with you and, and, and you can nurture. And I think that getting that core superfan is is so critical to, to, to the next generation yes. of, of, of social media marketing.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. When you're thinking then of superfan, I mean, I would imagine that uh, it's someone that is already very much part of your community and they are sharing, they're, they're engaging with your content. What are some things that we can do that you see that that's not yet happening in a business Uh, maybe even even taking what you've spoken to the next level uh, that that has those super fans step forward because I'm sure that there are super fans that are in our community that we're just, as you said, not aware of. What can we do as businesses to really um, ramp up what we're doing to really pull those super fans out so that we can really start to generate an environment in which they just step forward?
1: They step forward, right. Uh, You know, I, I think one thing is super fans like inside information. Uh-huh. So I was just at Disney. I was just at Disney. I went to Disney. I went Memorial Day for um, the break, you know, and I went as a marketer, right? I have two daughters and a wife. So I was yeah. like, okay, here we are at Disney. There's so much Disney I can take, <laughs> but I love it as a marketer because boy, does Disney have marketing figured out. Right. And people who love Disney, who are the super fans love inside information they love the early tour you get there an hour early they love the dinner with the characters they love the behind the scenes they love what are called the easter eggs so you can there's certain things that if you know you can be the person that wakes the birds up at um, the kiki, the tiki room. So there's a whole kind of inside information that you can create. And then you create some exclusive Mm -hmm. relationship with those super fans who really want to, you know, they want to see how the bread is baked. They want to know behind the scenes. And so I think if you're any kind of business that can share behind the scenes content and maybe make it a little exclusive so that yes. only certain people can get that. Yeah. That's a way to help them step forward because they're the fan who really wants to know mm-hmm. the inside story of, of how that's being built. That's, that's one common technique. Yeah. Inside I love that. And in, in Instagram stories, for instance, yeah. right? Snapchat stories are excellent for inside uh, relationships with super fans.
2: Yeah. And uh, as you're sharing that, there are certain brands like Star Wars. There are people that are just, you know, fan fanatic about it, and they have all of the, the the toys and paraphernalia and everything, and they will stand in queue overnight. And if you tap into that, and who is my super fan, and what can we provide, and what you've just shared, brilliant. Then, um, and in actual fact, I think if you if you base a lot of what you're doing around that. The super the people who are in your community who are your super fans will naturally step into uh, that environment, whatever it is that you're creating. I think I can yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah. Really so I think well. the
1: inside yeah. information, like you, is a great question. Like, how do you get them to step forward? How do you get them to identify themselves? Yes. And and I think that's an example of. what can you do as a business that can peel back the curtain and Mm -hmm. people want to know that they want to see like how is this being done even if you know it's like cooking right even if you don't want to actually do the cooking Mm -hmm. you do like to learn how is it prepared and especially if you're a super fan so I think that's uh, something to think about like what could I share that would be inside uh, information that, that my fans my super fans would really like and then as you said like look at Star Wars Then, you know, all those people that love Star Wars, they go and what do they do? They promote the brand to the rest of us so that we're excited and interested. And even though I'm not a super fan, I'm going to go see the next concert. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And what I love about that, too, is that... um, you know the content that everything that you've just said sh- shared, the super fan will continue to to share with you and for you. And I'd imagine too, because they really love your brand, um, they're not going to get pulled away and distracted when someone else enters the marketplace. They I know myself if I, I, I am a, an Apple fan, always loved Mac and uh, i was offered an ambassadorship as an influencer for microsoft surface and i used that for a year and as soon as that program finished and i was sharing how i was using it and (laughs) so forth yet when that program finished it kind of went okay gave that to my husband and bought myself and you know an ipad
1: right there's kind of a it kind of clicks with you certain brands really click with you and you really become passionate yeah. about them. So and, even when
2: competitors them, throw, yeah. throw products yeah. and services your way, you may use them and go, no, nah, 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 I'm yeah. staying, yeah. I'm sticking. Yes.
1: And you're that person who will say, oh, Apple is so much better. And yeah, an even... Apple is a great <laughs> obvious example yeah. of a brand that has people who yeah. just vehemently love it. Yes. And, you know, they put the logos on their cars, right? So they're out there <laughs> sharing it with the rest <laughs> yeah, exactly. of us you know <laughs> yeah. which is a adding the event.
2: adding the computers and that you know in our instagram yeah. posts and uh yeah. things yeah. Yeah. Tes- yeah tesla has
1: actually yeah. done this you know the wow. tesla motors the electric cars very very big here in the bay area of course and i think they're they're kind of like the apple brand they've got mm. people who just have drunk the tesla kool-aid and they yeah they just the brand so back to your average solopreneur your average small purse small business marketer you know there are areas where they maybe maybe it's only four fans, but maybe they do have that core group of disciples mm-hmm. that really want to see what's going on inside, and then they can engage them and then make them brand ambassadors. Yeah, uh, right. by, by giving them something, by giving them a, a tighter relationship,
2: mm-hmm. which they to would love. The you just see yeah, that. I, love, I see they that love. on Instagram. They you love know, it. hey, I'm they an ambassador, it. and then the products come in and And you see them, um, you know, being photographed and and everything. So I definitely think that that is – and that's what we're seeing a lot more too. So businesses can certainly look at how can we integrate that into what we're doing and really continue to uh, leverage that. It's a way that they can continue to really stand out and get noticed. Share with us, please, Jason, how can people find out more about you? What is the best way to connect with you and uh, access your books and other content that we know you share?
1: Yeah, so I'm really easy to find. Uh, you can go to Amazon and just put in Jason McDonald. You can put in SEO. You can put in social media. You can put in AdWords. I mean, I know a lot about search engines. Uh, if you, at least here in the United States, if you Google Jason McDonald, I'm at the top of Google, so that's the easiest way to find me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have uh, some free toolbooks. I I have a journalist background. I do a lot of uh, compilations of really fun social media and SEO and AdWords tools that I give away for free. And if you go to my website, you'll see a little um, reminder, get on my mailing list, and I give away some really incredible free tool books that are super popular.
2: Yeah, great. And, of course, we'll put all of those links and social media connections on our show notes, ambitiousentrepreneur.com forward slash AES239. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: I Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com, changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com.